Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Your Liberty podcast. We're looking at liberty, what it is, why you should care about it, and how to defend it. And today I have a special guest, friend of mine, Nathan Bailey. Uh, we've been friends for quite a while, and he is one of the people that I, uh, I talked to before jumping off into self-employment. He's one of the ones that I asked to pray for me about that decision. So I thought it would make a great conversation to put on the podcast. And I want to mention it here in the bumper because we forgot to actually talk about it in the episode conversation. But uh, Nathan actually had a motorcycle accident this summer. Well, beginning of the fall. And he's a handyman and he's self-employed. So ordinarily I'd think, man, that would really be a big deal, which of course it was a big deal. But... He shared on Facebook how the Lord has just blessed him through this time and how he's basically in pretty decent financial shape after this. And he was just bragging on God and praising God. And also he was announcing how he's uh, venturing out into these financial services that can help people reach reach such a place. And so I thought, oh my goodness, I've really got to have him on. So I reached out to him. I knew I was going to have a, a long car ride. So I reached out to him and uh, asked him if he wouldn't mind having a conversation for the podcast while I was driving. So that's what we did. So you might hear some noises. I might seem a little bit distracted. That's because I, I was. I was uh, driving. Also, we had ended the conversation for the podcast and then kept talking and then I remembered I wanted to ask him about resources at the end, so I did. I asked him for resources, and so the conversation just kind of starts there, and then it ends. And so I'll go ahead and put a bumper at the end. All right, let's get into the conversation. Enjoy. Nathan, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you what you do now, and how did you how did you arrive here? Yeah. So. Um... <clears throat> And I, I started, I actually have kind of two businesses that I do. Uh, the primary one that I do is uh, home remodeling, home repairs, and uh, kind of some general contracting services that I started working in this field about four years ago and started my own business uh, about five months after that. And then I have a do financial services as well and just providing some coaching and uh, counseling for people and uh, help them with their uh, investments and insurance needs that they have for the future. But my, uh, you know, I, I never really imagined myself being in this type of work, uh, either one of these really, but a few years back when I was kind of praying about what God would have me do for my future after serving a couple of years at a couple of different churches and trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, I had kind of seen some stuff in regards to the home repairs, uh, really remodeling. And I hadn't had a ton of experience doing it, but I had a little bit that I enjoyed doing with the different churches that I worked at or uh, with different people that I knew. And when I saw my realtor that helped us buy our first house about five years ago, uh, he was starting to expand the services that he offered. 
and offered a home solutions, kind of just repairs. You know, he has a lot of clients that need little things done in order to get their homes ready to sell or someone buys a house and they need some work done. But a lot of times, you know, you get these big companies or these other guys, they're, they're a lot of times they're booked out six or eight months. Some of them, uh, some of the more uh, reputable ones are a year or two years out. And a lot of times these companies are extremely expensive with their uh, with what they what they do. And so he started offering those services and I talked to him about it and uh, it, it didn't work out for me to start with him at that time. Um, I just didn't feel like I was in a position financially to do that. And then uh, it was a couple months later, it fell through with the guys that he had working for him that weren't working out. They had their business that they tried to merge with this and make it work out, but it, it just didn't pan out. So he and I came to an agreement and I came to work for him and I, I had so much to learn but I, I spend a lot of time. I tell people I, I probably spend as much time studying the work that I did as what I did doing it. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many hours and hours I spend in the evenings, you know, YouTubing something or reading about something, learning how to do what I was doing so that I could actually do it properly for my customers. And I wasn't That's really awesome. making. Yeah, I wasn't really making a lot of money at that time. Uh, we were kind of, it was like a fledgling business. And he and I had kind of talked about, you know, this is what I'll get paid. I actually took a pay cut to go work for him. And things were going okay. And then I, I actually hurt, cut my finger on a table saw and um, put me out a little bit, set us back. And then um, a couple months later, man, everything shut down for COVID. And around that same time, I think it was either, it might have been right before that it actually shut down. And then, you know, they started giving us uh, the stimulus money. And I, you know, for years, I, I didn't make a lot of money, so I just didn't have much. So that extra boost they gave us was like, wow, you know, my, my bank account just like doubled or tripled. And I almost thought somebody stole money from me because I got a notification for, from a text saying I had a transaction for like $2,400. And I'm like, uh, that's almost all my money. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and cause it didn't tell me it was a deposit. And then I called the bank. And so then I was like, well, you know, I, I did the math. I knew how much money my wife and I budgeted. I knew how much money we needed to live on for a couple months. I, I also knew, I also knew that, uh, I could always go back and work where I worked before if it didn't work out. And I prayed about it and I felt like, that was the time for me to just step out and do this on my own. You know, I wasn't making enough money to even invest into tools at that time. And I was, uh, you know, and I talked to the realtor I was working for and we had kind of came to an agreement on like a referral thing and some benefits he would get from it, but also um, he would send people my way. And so it was May of 2020, I stepped out on my own and I was just like, well, this is how much money I need to make. If I don't make this amount of money, you know, in the next month or two months, you know, in two months, I'll just go get a job working at the factory here in town. And it just took off my first week. I probably, I mean, I probably worked 40 hours. I had a few jobs lined up that, that I, I did during that time that I had already had lined up before. And then we had a big storm roll through and took out a bunch of trees. And I mean, it was, it was, 
I, I was working 10 to 12 hour days just trying to get some of the stuff cleaned up for people. But clients that I'd already done work for that called me needing this, needing trees cleaned up and it, it just took off. And then lady bought a house and I, I just wallpaper and painting some things that I knew how to do and I knew how to do good or well. And it just, I, I actually hired pe- uh, a young college student right away um, just to do a lot of the general labor stuff. And so over the last three and a half years, I've just, whether it's throughout different, different times, had different people working for me, but just picking up, adding new skills to my plate, certain things that three, three, three years ago, I was like, no, I'll never do that. Then it's like, some of that's my favorite stuff to do now. And I'm good at it. And it's a lot of it's because I spent that time studying it and researching it. But it's been pretty exciting and very rewarding um, being able to make that extra money uh, being on my own. Obviously, the risk that comes with that and a little bit of that stress, you know, dealing with customers and the problems that arise in mistakes or whatever. But being able to invest in the tools and um, it's allowed me to be able to have time to work on my own properties and buy a new house and remodel that, too. And so that's what I, I, I enjoy doing that. Um, and it's, it's fun. And so that's kind of how I, how I got going. And then, yeah, yeah so that's, awesome. well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I, so for a little background, um, you, you had a, had a job and, you know, I knew you briefly and then, you know, got to know you a little bit. And then all of a sudden you just jumped off into self-employment and it was kind of it was always kind of a shock to me and i knew i knew you know who you are and i knew that that was something that you had sought the lord about and and you wouldn't have done it if you didn't feel like that was what god had for you and then um i just watched get the lord bless i i saw you get your your handyman truck you know uh i don't know if you got that from jj kane or or whatever but yeah you got that and then um you just the business took off and it was a real encouragement to me to watch you profit and and uh, be blessed in that endeavor and then talking to you i didn't get you know we didn't get to get together a whole lot uh, very often but when we did you're always an encouragement and you you encouraged me to go uh do the self-employment thing you know obviously if that's obviously while seeking the Lord's, uh, direction, but, um, so one, one of the reasons I wanted to have you as a guest is because you're one of the first first people that comes to mind when I think about, uh, kind of economic liberty, right? This podcast is all about liberty and that covers, you know, everything from civil liberty to spiritual liberty to, uh, everything in between. And, what, what I found is, you know, if you don't, if you're not in a position to absorb a crisis, you're, you're only so free. Um, and I, I don't know, I kind of think of it, maybe it's not, maybe it's a little irreverent, I don't know. But I think of it like, if you're not in a position to kind of stick it to the man, then you're, you're only so free. <laughs> and, you know, I listen to podcasts, right, where these people are talking about Bitcoin and got to get your assets into bitcoin and stuff like this and you gotta these are your steps to liberty and they're great podcasts you know successful people stuff like that 
in most cases, a lot of cases, people I trust. Um, but I came to the realization that like, there's, I have got no business worrying about Bitcoin or gold or, you know, anything like I've got some silver from long ago and stuff like that. But like, I don't have any assets to protect. Like I've got, you know, I'm based, I was basically working paycheck to paycheck. Like I'm sure a majority of Americans are, I could be mistaken about that, but oh, yeah, a lot of people. And I, I watched you jump out from uh, a kind of normal job into self-employment and you just thrived and, you know, you weren't doing any crazy marketing campaigns or any, you know, anything goofy or anything. You're just working hard and you were killing it. And, uh, I watched the Lord bless and it was an encouragement to me. So I, I thought you'd be a good guest to have on to talk about getting to that position of kind of financial independence. I mean, maybe neither one of us, like, even if you don't consider yourself to have arrived there, like, I'd say you're you're on the path to becoming more financially free for sure. And then I find out that you're you're doing a, you're doing a kind of financial advising. Not I don't know if that's the official word. Is that the official word? Yeah, uh, I would consider myself to be like a consultant, a financial consultant for people. Um, yeah, I mean, even though I do sell insurances and things of that nature, it's a, it's a need that people have, but also primarily providing guidance to people in to their specific situations to help them prepare for the future. So, yeah, I mean, counseling, financial consulting, advising, it's kind of all kind of that same thing. Sure. So, um, do you, do you have like, a some bullet points or something if if to somebody that is starting to realize like i was um that really well covid really i'm sure it's the same for you and it was for me like covid made me realize how at the mercy of the the system i am like i wanted to be able to quit if my employer told me to wear a face covering you know i just was like I'm done. I'm walking. If, if they but they tell me to wear a face mask or if they tell me I got to get the jab, I'm walking. And, you know, and that's a very real concern for thousands and thousands of Americans and people across the globe. My, yeah. my brother-in-law actually lost his job because he refused to get the the uh, the jab. And, you know, that's that's a ridiculous reason to lose your job. And. Sure. But I was feeling it on a much smaller scale. You know, my employer, I was blessed. They were pretty reasonable. Um, and they there was an official dicta that you're supposed to wear a face covering. But generally, they didn't really enforce it too much. But that's really, for me, what really got me thinking. Like, I, I need to diversify my income a little bit. Like, if I, if one, this factory was to shut down due to bad economy then that's not good because i would be all of a sudden in a job search and two like no matter what if you're if you're getting your really you could kind of picture us all as contractors it's just if you're a w-2 employee you're you only have one source of income and as a 
as a uh, self-employer, you can kind of diversify and have your eggs in more baskets. Um, so yeah. how, circle back to the question. What, do you have any recommendations, like things that people need to think about to get financially independent? Oh man, you know, I think for me, working towards that started with a mindset shift. Um, for a long time, I think I had a little bit of a incorrect view of preparing for the future. Um, and while I am obviously being a, a, a Christian, um, and a Bible believer, I, I recognize the need for faith and to trust God. But at the same time, I also recognize that the Bible has so much to say about money. And yeah. even even Jesus teaching parables and stories of 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 the uh, you know there's a there's a principle in the Bible of the one who count, uh, counts the cost of building a building, lest he has sufficient thereof to to finish it, or the 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 one who you know if a man uh, a good man leaves an inheritance into his children's children and yes and and then you know uh also uh recognizing the dire need for me uh, i think i think for me it happened when i got married but even more so when i when my first child was on the way because uh you know when i was single it, it wasn't a big deal i i if I had to, yeah. I could just go get a tent and live somewhere and I'd be all right, you know, but right. then when I had a wife, I'm like, I, I'm not going to put her through that. And then when I had kids, I'm like, I got to make sure I have my stuff together because if I can't pay my bills, you know, I grew up in a family, we struggled. I, 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 I have family members on, uh, both uh, on, on, on the other side, both sides that, that, that struggle and people who I, I, I didn't want to be the person who lived off the system. I, I worked in security when I was in, in going through college and working at social services and just seeing people that I remember one lady walked in and it just it blew my mind because most people went there. And honestly, they're content with just taking the handout and going. But this lady said, I just moved to the area. And we're, we're, we're uh, you know, I, I, I lost my job or whatever. And she's just trying to get on her feet. She hopes, and she said, she said, I hope I don't have to do this for more than a month or two. And it was like, you know, I wanted, I want more for my family. And I think that's one of the biggest things is having a desire for that. Because if the desire uh -huh. to change, if the desire for the financial independence isn't there, or, you know, uh, if, if the, if uh, I mean, I, I don't say this to be mean to people, but a lot of people are just content with mediocrity and where sure. they're content with just going and working a job. And I mean, I, not that going and working a job is bad, but just right. getting getting by. And I, I didn't want to just get by. I wanted to thrive. I wanted to enjoy what God has given me. I didn't want to be tight and paycheck to paycheck. I wanted to plan ahead. I had heard about pastors, you know, in ministry. And I, I have a, I have a, uh, I had worked a couple of years in ministry and I had talked to a pastor friend of mine that, that, um, 
planned ahead for his retirement because he knew he wouldn't be able to pastor forever. And so when that time came, he was prepared for that. And so that it kind of lit a fire in me to to do that and to get to that point of financial independence. And then I think I, I, I just I, I think everyone needs to find uh, a purpose. Um, and ultimately, I mean, obviously, I would believe that we have a purpose and ultimate purpose to glorify God and to do so, to do that in whatever way he has uh, uh, gifted us in, perhaps. And so and I, and when I recognize that, you know, I don't have to bring in an income from a church, then I was like, I can serve and glorify God in ministry, but then I can I can go work and do something that he has gifted me at and, 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 and take care of my family. Well, give to his work. Well, give to others. And so that's when I really began, um, uh, trying to figure out what I really had a desire to do and what I would be good at. And so I think for, for most people, it's, 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 I, I think it'd be good just, to not settle for mediocrity. And even if they decide that they don't want to be a business owner or that you can still develop financial independence and that, that, that liberty, even through the workforce without being self-employed. And obviously there's more for, depending upon the, what you do, there's a lot of opportunity, um, in the independence, uh, in the self-employment world. But, I think a lot of it is when even people who work a job, it's, it would be good to think ahead and to plan for the future, to do the math and figure out what they need to set aside to get that point so that when they're 50, when they're 60 years old, they don't have to be dependent on that job, that they have the money and assets that they that they can be OK. But then also, um, you know, being willing to work harder for that. Uh, I, I think uh, over the last, I don't know when it started, uh, one, one of our presidents instituted, you know, that 40 hour work week thing and, you know, labor union. I think a lot of these things discourage people from working harder and making themselves more valuable to their to their sure. workforce and to their community because they all get paid the same whether they produce or not. And that's one thing that when I stepped out in self-employment and I realized that I'm going to get paid according to my production, literally, because I'm not getting paid a salary or an hourly rate. And so that's what was like, boom, it clicked. I'm like, I can make I can make so much money. It's awesome. You know, but then also you get get to realize your own value. Exactly. And so I think that's one thing that that a lot of people miss out on that. Um, and I think a lot of people, they don't strive to be the best in what they do. You know, I, I look back on even when I was going through school and I was working, you know, I, I worked a lot of jobs going through college. I worked at Home Depot. I worked at Walmart before I went to college. I worked at Kmart. I worked security. And everywhere I went, I tried to be the best that I could at what I did. When I was at Walmart, I was there for five months and I was 18 years old and I turned 19 and they're training me as a customer service manager at Walmart when I'm 18 years old. Why? Because I worked hard and I had good service. And so even uh-huh. even at Walmart, you know, there's even that way up in jobs like that at Home Depot. 
I, I, the, uh, I, I worked hard and I was loved by my people. And it was like, I could leave and come back anytime, be, you know, on breaks or whatever, because I provided value. Even the people that I have worked sure. for me, I want them to provide value to me or they're not going to stay with me. And I think that's one thing that with people, no matter where they are, self-employment uh, or in the, in, in the workforce at a factory or whatever it is, be the best that they can be. And when they provide value, it gives them the opportunity to be able to move up or to be able to, to get to that point where they're making more money and be able to establish that financial independence in their life as well. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it really is, as Christians, right, there's almost no excuse for mediocrity. Like, and granted, different, different people show forth their, you know, are given different talents, put it that way. But the, the, in the parable of the, the talents, you know, the person who is just ultra conservative was rebuked in that, in that parable. And so we're, we're to be, I mean, on a certain level, I think God expects to take risks because it keeps us leaning on him. And, you know, maybe that's not finances for everybody. Maybe that's, I'm not sure it's totally that for me. But in whatever whatever arena you want to talk about, certainly, I, I, I think mediocrity is, is, a, uh, is a poor state to be in. Because Christ is, you know, we're, as Christians, we're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be making things better. We're supposed to be preserving. And mm-hmm. like in that parable of talents, really... On a certain level, we're supposed to be taking risks. Now, obviously, we're supposed to be spirit-led. We're supposed to be seeking the Lord's will. But doggone it, when when uh, the Lord leads you to do something, do it. Do it. You know, whatsoever the hand finds to do, do it with thy might, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And that's where, yeah. you know, that, that Presbyterian work ethic kind of thing comes in where, like, and that's really something that I've— realized to a fuller extent over the past couple years, few years, is that everything I do is worship to the Lord. Like I am living, they say quorum Deo, like before the Lord. Everything I do is worship to the Lord, whether I'm working for an employer or you know, growing food in a garden or cleaning cleaning the house, whatever. And I mm-hmm. try and instill that into my kids is that we are doing it all as worship, not just as unto the Lord, but it really is our worship to the Lord, whether we're raising our kids or you know, disciplining or uh, working for an employer or managing our finances or whatever. And that should demand above mediocrity. At least yeah. that's my conviction, that it's it should be the best. And that, of course, is going to be recognized by the market. Um, you know, if you're, if, whether you're in a company or the or self-employed, the problem is if you're in a company that there can be morons in management that <laughs> don't, that don't see that they're not a good market because they're too stupid. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. They, they don't see what they've got. And so, of course, it's a free country. You can go work, you know, you can work, go work somewhere where they do see your value. But 
you know, at least in the self-employment realm, you're you're living up, you're rewarded for your own uh, success or mistakes. You know, granted, you've got to absorb your own mistakes, but I I appreciate that about it so far. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Above mediocrity should be the the bar should be above mediocrity. I for Christians. I mean, Absolutely. for everybody, but especially for Christians. Yeah. Absolutely. I think a lot of people just, they get so complacent, you know, and I, I, part of it is people don't like to get out of their comfort zone. People don't like to feel uncomfortable. They don't like to do things that are, uh, that stretch them. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a natural, uh, inclination for, for, for everybody. And you have to get, you have to get over that and you have to get past that so that you can, uh, grow and you can stretch yourself to pro- to provide more value to our eco- economy and to provide more po- value to whoever you're working for. So, yeah, and I just realized. I think I said Presbyterian work ethic. Work ethic. I meant Protestant work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to attribute much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, and th- thinking about the uh, thinking about you know you mentioned some Bible verses, all the verses that talk about money in the Bible, and one that struck me oh a year or so ago was you know when um, I want to say it's in Timothy where Paul is giving instructions and he's saying let let the the thief who's you know now saved steal no more. But let him work honestly with his own hands. But then he didn't stop there. That that he might have something to share with those in need. So yeah. there's an implicit uh, abundance there. There's an implicit, uh, an implied, you know, abundance that they are going to be able to be generous. And I say generous because with the caveat because i think generosity is a mindset but they're going to be actually to be a blessing you know kind of where the rubber meets the road they're going to have enough abundance from their hard work that they can then be a blessing and i've again you know in in everyone's situation is different but in times past i've been like man i just it it would be really cool to be able to be a conduit to be able to, uh, you know, be a blessing to people, not not only yeah. to those in need, you know, economically, like, uh, you know, the poor among us, so to speak, but actually like missionaries, people, people who need, need that money that can't, uh, can't provide directly for themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. That was one thing, you know, even going through, I mean, I went to Bible college, you know, even going through Bible college, you know, I, I struggled because, you know, I, I, I knew I, I was planning on going to ministry and I went into ministry for a couple of years and I knew I wasn't going to make much money. But the struggle with that was knowing that I wouldn't be able to give much, but yet knowing that I wanted to. And I, I, I don't know, like even going through school and I had a hard time talking with anybody about that. But just that desire that that God put in me to give. And I think part of that is because 
my, my, my dad's a pretty general, generous, generous person too. He's given to his hurt through the years. Um, but also, you know, I mean, obviously seeing it in scripture, but then seeing it exemplified in other people and just yeah. wanting to be a financial benefit to so many people and to the work of the Lord. And it's been, it's been wonderful, you know, over the last few years, having be, being able to give more than I've ever given before. I remember just a couple of years ago thinking, wow, I just gave more this year than I've given in the last five combined. You know, it's like, wow. it just blew my mind. Wow. But, and I think what that that's, blessing. that's one of the wonderful things about, about having, about uh, working to that point where you have more is to be able to do that. Because obviously, you know, you can work and work and work and you can get a lot of stuff and you can get a lot of gain and you can get rich and you can have a nice house and you can have nice cars, whatever. But then ultimately at the end of the day, like that's really not what's going to bring everybody joy. And I think, I think for the most part, right. people, people acknowledge that even people that have the money that have abundance recognize that that's not where the joy comes either. You know, everybody, they, they, I, I think if people are honest with themselves, they recognize, I mean, even the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I think that obviously, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil, the Bible says, and the, uh, that we're to be, uh, to set our affection on things above, not on things on the earth. But at the same time, I think that uh, there's nothing wrong with pursuing a financial abundance, obviously not to the extent that it's where our heart is and it's where our entire focus is, is to get. And right. so uh, Timothy uh, or Paul warns Timothy against that, against that uh, to get gain and just to long to be rich. And so I think that that is a dangerous mindset. But I also think that it's also d dangerous on the other side to uh, historically a lot of Christians have thought that poverty was what a Christian was called to. And I, I, I would disagree yeah. with that even on a scriptural basis. And so um, it's, it's really a blessing. Well, not everyone will, will experience that. I think that uh, it's OK for people to desire that. Um, and to work towards that. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. I think it, it's almost like the verse got rewritten in some, in some circles, like instead of the love of money is the root of all evil, that money is the root of all evil. Like it gets misquoted <laughs> yeah. sometimes or people, people misremember mis it somehow, or they take that as it's, as it's meaning. They assume that that must be what it actually says. Yeah. And it's just not like the the Bible says, you know, you don't provide for your own household. You're you're worse than a pagan. Well, yep. <laughs> it takes money to provide for your own household. Right. And and I think biblically, like historically in the context, the household was was more than just your. Uh, you know, your your wife and kids, you know, the household is your aging parents, your your. Uh, <laughs> You know, making sure I think it would be it would make sense to make sure that you're not a burden on your kids when they get old. And these are all things that I don't know. It, I'll, I'll just plaster it on me, whether whether it came from influences in my life. I don't know, but I'll just plaster it on me and say, like, I had a wrong mindset about money for a long time. And I'm still yeah. working myself 
out of it that was very much similar to where where you're saying you came from. Yeah. And I've it's been it's been a blessing seeing and that that's actually not the attitude taken in scripture that really there is it's an implied abundance. And I think, you know, and I've obviously going through the documents that I went through on this podcast. Um, I'm just struck over again, over and again by one. How, yes. How smart these people were, how, you know, how prolific writers they were, but how much time they had on their hands, Nathan, like <laughs> these guys were well off enough and and even just leave leave the slaveholding people out of the equation, like leave Virginia out of the equation. Just talk about the Adams cousins, you know, John Adams and Samuel Adams up in uh, Massachusetts and uh, John Hancock. These people, well, John Hancock may have had a slave, but the Adams, neither one of them had slaves. And um, they they had enough time they had enough financial resources to go attend congress the the provisional continental congresses you know under the under the nose of the the government the standing government you know the british government because they had dissolved their legislatures they went and they had a provisional continental congress on top of many of them um, many of those people we're already attending the state politics, you know, whether it be the, the Massachusetts and then the city, the Boston, all of the, the body politics stuff there to keep the city running in good order. But then they go and leave for months on end to the Continental Congress, basically all growing season, the whole growing season. Many of these people, you know, were farmers by trade and they go and spend the whole growing season in in uh, Massachusetts or in uh, uh, wherever the Continental Congress was, Pennsylvania. And it just strikes me like they, they were considered rich back then. That was just like, like, I don't know if they saw us today. I don't know what they'd say as how much, <laughs> how little time we have, like, Obviously, we got time to scroll. Or yes, there's there's ways we could carve out more time for writing. But most of these people wrote, they journaled extensively. They wrote correspondence. Of course, they couldn't text and stuff. So, but the correspondence is so voluminous, it just blows my mind. They had time to go tend to the needs of their country, and they had time to to write all this, to think. They had time to think about all this stuff, to ponder liberty long enough to come up with these thoughts. You know, and it, they were obviously building on, they were standing on the shoulders of other people who had thought before them, like Algernon Sidney and, and uh, 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 Blackstone and, and other people. They, but they had time to read all that. And here... You know, I I can't make it to a stinking city council meeting. Um, <laughs> I, I probably could, but it's it just like I said, it's or I didn't say I was getting to all that rambling was getting to the point that like there's an implied 
level of financial independence to be able to make sure you're not a burden to your family when you when you get old or god forbid something happens where you you injure yourself but like you can um i don't want to be a burden to my kids and furthermore i'd like to be able to take care of my parents when that day comes and doggone it i'd love to have time to you know, I'm not saying that there's any 1776 moments coming up or anything like that. I'm just saying <laughs> it, it would be this country was built on the presupposition that the the populace, the members of the body politic, would be interested in the political affairs and have time to educate themselves upon the matters and and represent their fellow citizens like not saying everybody can obviously everybody didn't have time to go play politician but they they could take turns to represent their neighbors and we just don't have that today like most people are just concerned with the chiefs game you know on sunday then they don't they don't care like like you said everyone's kind of in a slump of mediocrity yeah it's uh the financial independence, you know, I mean, whether it's getting active in politics, you know, there's there's benefits that come with it, not just politically, but even, you know, with in my personal experience with being able to to serve in other ways. Um, you know, I, I've never I've never attended a city council meeting, but, you know, I've been able to have the blessing of taking time off to to go help uh, this summer. We just remodeled my brother-in-law's, well, I guess remodeled is is, is a light word. I guess rebuilt um, my brother-in-law's bathroom in the basement and um, literally <laughs> from below the foundation up and took, you know, it was, it was great to be able to take a couple of weeks off work. And obviously we vacationed at the same time, went to DC, had a great time there. Um, it was great learning some of the, some more history there too, or seeing things. It's like, man, I've dreamt of this since I was a kid. And then, you know, we had some events here at the church and be able to take the time off work to just serve uh, in the children's ministries. And that's one thing that a lot of people that are in the employment field don't get that. Um, But, you know, it's not even just the, oh, yeah, I have time. But it's also great because it's like, I have the money. You know, a lot of people, it's like, they, they, they can't afford to take two days off work because they're living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've had that blessing of obviously we've made good money doing it. We, but we've also made choices in order to get to that point. And I think that uh, it takes sacrifice at times um, uh, being willing to give certain things up um, to not live a certain type of lifestyle. And obviously, you know, in the last three or four years, our lifestyle has increased. You know, our cost of living is has significantly gone up compared to what it was four years ago. But, uh, you know, overall, like, and, and we've been enjoying some of the fruits of our labor, but at the same time, we, 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 let, we, we have to let some things go at times in order to uh, be able to have the, the means to be able to do more and serve more in other ways. Um, and that's one thing that financial independence really does bring is that opportunity to serve in many different capacities, whether it's in the political sector or it's in the, uh, the, the church or even just in the community 
being able to go do things for people and give of myself to, uh, you know, some, 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 uh, sometimes people are like, you know, how, how much do we owe you? I'm like, don't worry about it. You know, not, not to build myself up is I don't do that very often, you know, a few times every now and then usually it's something small, <laughs> but it's, it's great to be able to serve and do things for people that genuinely actually need it. You know, where if they paid yes. me, it would be a strain on them for it. Or even if they could afford it, it's like, you've done so much for me or you've done so much for our church. I This is a little that I can do for you. <laughs> and so it's, it, yes. it's, it, that's another wonderful thing that, that it does bring. So, Yes. And like, yeah, absolutely. And like I mentioned earlier that the generosity is kind of a mindset. It's, it goes like you can be generous at whatever, whatever income level you're at. I think, well, well, I was just reading CS Lewis, uh, mere Christianity. Um, and he has a chapter in there on, on charity, on Christian charity. And his, his assertion is that you're, you know, it should, it should basically always be uncomfortable. Like if you're not, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not, really you're not giving properly and so i'll let i'll i'll leave i'll leave it to the theologians to argue that one out but i'd say it's probably a decent rule and uh i was going somewhere with that was i gonna say that i was saying how samuel adams john adams and hancock and all that they had the, the time and money to go to go do this uh but i will also point out that most of the founding fathers were financially ruined <laughs> like they mm -hmm. never recouped any of it like they they we owe them a debt you know like we have a country now like we haven't done we haven't done so well with it but we have a country but you know like thomas jefferson and washington i think both died with their estates horribly in debt and they they never really were able to recoup, recuperate from what they gave to the country in terms of the between the the pre-war years of the politics and representation and, and the actual war years you know in Washington's case gave seven years of his life just yeah. to that and then another few years after the constitution was ratified they to the presidency or another uh, eight years excuse me um so yeah, it, it can hurt. Like to be generous, it can be hurt. It's not, and nothing to anybody listening. Like none of this is to be, like nothing Nathan's saying, nothing I'm saying. Like none of it's to be braggadocious, except to to brag on God, really. Like just just because you you work hard and stuff, not everybody's gonna come out to the same thing. Like that's up to God, and. Each of us needs to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I know, like, I mean, it's just, just the way it is. Some people are dealt a, uh, a different hand, you know, like if, if you're born with an uh, impairment or something, like this is not to say, like, they're less of a person because they don't have a, a means to provide in the same way that we do and yeah. on the contrary that should be all the more challenging to those that can to do all they can so that they can be a blessing to their brothers and sisters in christ and to the the world around them that they can be salt 
and light to the world around them. So again, yeah, I just want to brag on God. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you've got any other points like that you wanted to share in regards of, of uh, kind of the blessing of getting financially independent or anything like that. Uh, do you have a way that if somebody wanted to reach out to you for the, uh, the financial services you offer or anything, do you have anything you wanted to share that they could get in touch with you? You don't have to, that's totally optional. Yeah. I mean, if anyone, whether it's they want some, just, just some general guidance or, um, you know, to a checkup to, to, to just see if they're on track for that, or even if it's some help, um, uh, whether it's with their personal finances, maybe an insurance need that they might have, life insurance or whatever, I'd be glad to help with that. Or also, you know, planning for retirement. And then, um, or even just, you know, like me, I, I, I had people that influenced me and that I had talked to and that I had listened to in, in trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And so um, it, it helps sometimes to have somebody to talk to and to help provide some guidance or to ask thought-provoking questions um, in that area, even just to figure out a, a path for what, even if you're interested in some self-employment or and trying to figure out what you want to do even more than what you're doing now, then, um, you know, there's, there's different resources that I've used for that, but I'd be glad for if anybody wanted to reach out to me on Facebook or, um, you know, even my phone number, I, I don't care. It's, it's on, it's on my truck. <laughs> it's, it's on my truck. It's on my <laughs> business page. You know, people, people can contact me there. I mean, you can, you can get it through the city website if you wanted to. It's just, so to, to me, it's not a big deal if people have my phone number, but, um, if anybody wanted to just look me up on Facebook or, you know, reach out to, um, uh, Andy here and he can get you in contact with me, I'd be glad to help you be glad to provide any guidance for you or even just get you connected with some resources and some people that I have listened to that helped me along the way in making some of these decisions and kind of a little bit in transforming that mindset that I have towards uh, the work that I do and the financial situation that I have. So, yeah. Okay. Um, did you, is it, do you want to share your business name so they can look you up on Facebook? Yeah. Or do you um, just want to go through? Uh, yeah. My, I mean, my, uh, on Facebook, uh, it, may, it may be a little hard to find me. I'm not sure. Bailey's Services is my primary uh, uh, Facebook. It's the only business page I have. Um, but uh, it, uh, just Bailey's Services, B-A-I-L-E-Y apostrophe S, Services. Um, that's my home remodeling business, and anyone can reach out to me through there, whether even if you're I don't have a Facebook page for my financial services, but you could get it. You could get my phone number off my business page there or just search my name, Nathaniel Bailey. And um, I'm sure there's uh, another hundred of those out there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> or you could always reach out to Andy here and he could get, get you that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, mindyourliberty at gmail .com is the email address I monitor for the for the podcast. So, uh, Nathan, uh, unless you had anything else to share, I uh, I wanted to thank you for your time and the thoughts. I think it's it's been a good conversation. I've enjoyed talking to you. Good. And, 
it'll be a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I definitely enjoy talking about these things. It's, you know, it's something that uh, I think a lot of people shy away too much from talking about, you know, finances and talking about uh, the uh, career paths and things of that nature. Um, and so I think it's it's important to, to talk about. And I'm, I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity. I meant to ask you, do you have any uh, book recommendations? Are there any podcasts or book recommendations you'd have for the audience? Yeah, really. Dave Ramsey is has a lot of good content. Um, he's been a huge influence in my life in the financial world. Um, and he's got his book, Total Money Makeover. I think it's a great introductory book and foundational for f- the foundations of, of finances and um, the proper steps to um, uh, being financially independent. And then he's got a lot of some of the people that have influenced me there, Ken Coleman, he's also got a podcast, but he, he, he's on the Ramsey Solutions team. Um, big, okay. he, big guy with the career stuff. And it, he, he was a big help to me personally in helping me try to think about and figure out what I, what I wanted to do. And so I would recommend some of his uh, podcasts and his books too. There's a lot of people that call in there that are struggling and that they, they want some guidance. Even, I mean, a lot of people that just might even need some guidance in trying to find the right place to work. Not necessarily being not necessarily being self-employed, but just trying to find the right place to work or the right role for them. And he's a good source for that. So um, yeah, but yeah, I think I think those two uh, are really a lot of the probably the two heavy hitters when it came to um, influencing me. I mean, there's others as well, but I would recommend those uh, for sure. Good deal. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Nathan. And I'd like to ask you if you have any feedback, you like it, love it, hate it, have suggestions, uh, topic ideas, anything like that. If you want to get in touch with Nathan, you can email me at mindyourliberty at gmail.com. And I will make sure that I respond and or get you Nathan's information. Hopefully we were able to make the connection again between liberty and the finances and how that planning, how that all goes together. If you don't think there's any connection, if you didn't like the episode, again, send me some feedback. I'd love to hear. Again, I can't promise when I'm going to have any new episodes out. Still don't have a real schedule. Just fitting these in where I can. Mostly just, again, conversations that I'd like to have anyway. Figured more people could benefit from them. So until the next episode, uh, be sure and mind your liberty.